In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We will continue tonight uh, our Bible study from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 5, starting from verse 27 to the end of the chapter. Verse 27. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office and he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up and followed him. Levi traditionally is identified also as Saint Matthew. So Saint Matthew has two names, Levi or Matthew. He was a tax collector. And the name Matthew means the gift of God. Uh, Actually, when our Lord Jesus Christ calls such a man, tax collector, and they were known with their greed, their violence, their wickedness. To call him to be one of his followers, and then one of the twelve, the very inner circle around our Lord Jesus Christ, this reveals the purpose of the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came to redeem all men, all men. He did not, as he said, I did not come to call righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. The Lord did not look upon the outward appearance. If, if he was choosing people based on the outward appearance, he would choose from the Pharisees, from the scribes, from the religious leaders of Israel. But God was looking at the genuine character of men, looking at the heart. Many people from outside were sinners, but they were waiting for just a touch of grace and their life will be converted completely. Matthew was one of these people who was a sinner, but once the grace of God touched him, he converted completely. And actually, as I told you, Matthew means gift of God. And indeed, Matthew was a gift of God to the Christian faith. Why I'm saying this? You know, he wrote his gospel to the Jews. And what helped him to write his gospel to the Jews? His scholarly knowledge of the Old Testament, his intimate understanding of the Pharisees and Sadducees, his ability to penetrate the falsehood of the religious hierarchy of that era, all these things actually provided Matthew with unique gifts which enabled him uh, the writing of the first gospel, the gospel of St. Matthew, who was directed to the Jews. We, we read before when God called <coughs> the four fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, immediately they left everything and followed him. In the same way, Levite demonstrates his genuine repentance by turning away from his old life to follow the Christ. Once Christ told him, follow me, he left all and followed him. No doubt such a decision was not an easy decision. It needs actually determination, self-denial, 
full trust and confidence in God before making such decision. Verse 29, Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? We can see here the integrity and the sincerity of this great apostle, St. Matthew. His integrity and sincerity were quickly evidenced by the dinner which he gave in honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and in this dinner, there was great company. Maybe his friends, the publicans, the tax collector, they were moved by the kindness and friendship of this new teacher. They heard about Jesus Christ and how Jesus called a tax collector who was actually looked down upon by the religious leaders of Israel. But now this new teacher called this man who actually was considered a sinner by the religious leaders of Israel, how this new teacher called him to be one of his followers. So they assembled in his house, the house of Matthew, to see this kind, friendly, compassionate new teacher. Also, maybe Matthew being touched by the love and compassion and kindness of our Lord Jesus Christ, made a great effort to gather as many as he can in his house and to introduce them to the new master. He was touched by the Lord Jesus Christ to the extent that he forsook all and followed him. So he wanted actually every other person to meet the Lord and their life maybe will be changed. And this is one actually of the very best ways to begin Christian service is the method chosen by St. Matthew. If you really are touched by the love and kindness of God, talk to others about Christ. Invite them to be in his presence. Invite them to taste and see how sweet is God. That's what St. Matthew did. He gave a big dinner, invited many, and introduced the Savior. And in this way, he demonstrated publicly and forever his new way of life. From now on, I will not be a greedy tax collector person. No, I am a disciple of Christ. My life is changed completely. But usually, some people always, they are negative and attack anything that is done uh, for the glory of God. So the Pharisees and the religious leaders of Israel who knew Matthew and his occupation, he was a tax collector. Also, they knew the character of his guests. According to them, they are sinners. So they were offended that Jesus who pretended to be a good teacher, a prophet, how he lowered himself to go and have company with such men, sinners, publicans, cast tax collector. Verse 
for them the tax collector were considered dishonest men who abused their authority by overcharging the tax rate. And the same happened when the Lord said to Zacchaeus, I will go and stay in your house. They were offended and they said, how he is going to stay at the house of a sinner? So, very disrespectfully, they said to the disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? If you are claiming that you are godly people and your teacher is a prophet, why you are sitting and eating with tax collectors and sinners? So, although they directed their words to the disciples, not to the Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke, but knowing that their intention to direct these words to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, so the Lord Jesus took up the case here and vindicates his disciples and himself by telling them the physician proverb, as we read in verse 31. Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. This was one of those sayings of the Lord, which sank very deep into the hearts of the hearers. All the three evangelists, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, repeated the same verse. And here actually the Lord is explaining to them the reason why he is eating and drinking with the sinners and tax collectors. He was among them because he is the great physician. So he said, those who are in good health or those who believe that they are in good health, those who believe they are free from all diseases, they stand as if they don't need assistance of any physician. So you, the scribes and Pharisees, in your own opinion, you believe that you are free from the disease of sin. You are righteous according to the law of Moses. You are blameless. So, you don't feel that you need me. I am the physician who came to cure the maladies of the souls as well as the bodies of men. Nowadays, many people believe they don't need God. And they deny the existence of God. Or they say, I don't know whether he exists or he doesn't exist agnostic, I don't know. As if this knowledge is not important for them. Or they don't need the church. They can survive without the church. Because they believe they are righteous. They believe they don't need God. They are like the scribe and Pharisees judging everybody, and they are righteous. But such persons who are sick with sin, who are sensible of it, and desire healing, so he is there for them. He came to cure and to save them, 
That's why he conversed with the sinners. That's why even on the cross, in the peak of his suffering, when he heard the thief praying and talking with him, he assured him of his salvation. So, his ministry as a physician, lying among the sinners, not among those who believe they are righteous. And here the Lord did not dispute that their form of righteousness is false. He, because even if they told, he told them, your righteousness is false one, they would not heed him. People who are prideful, they don't listen to any advice or any correction. Their eyes wise in their own eyes. But this type of righteousness is dangerous righteousness. Because this righteousness produces a man whose heart is very proud and fails to see their personal needs for God's gift. They don't need the righteousness of Christ. They trust their own righteousness. And actually, if we reflect on the people who are sitting there, the most people who consider themselves sinners, they were healed. But the people who were indeed in real need of the true physicians, they were not healed because of their pride, their arrogance. So the Lord here did not admit that these people are spiritually healthy. But he told them, you believe that you are healthy, then let it be. They viewed themselves as righteous. And that's why they attacked the Lord Jesus Christ and the disciples because he was sitting with the tax collectors and the sinners based on their prejudice. So the word of our Lord Jesus Christ, the will do not need a physician, but the sick, these words has both obvious meaning and deeper meaning. So, as the ordinary duties and responsibilities of life, these scribes and Pharisees were really whole. If we compared them or evaluated them according to the righteousness of the law, they were whole. They were not sinners like the tax collectors. So that's the obvious meaning. But the deeper meaning, the scribes and the Pharisees were more sinners than the tax collectors. You know why? Because at least the tax collectors, they know they are sinners and they admit it. But these people, they were more sinners, more sinful, but they did not admit it. In the definition of difficult people, who are the difficult people? The difficult people are not the people who have problems. But the difficult people are the people who have problems and they don't recognize or realize that they have problems. For example, if I am addict and I know I have a problem, I will be treated. 
But if I am addict and I'm in denial that I have problems, that's actually the more difficult case. People who are in denial. So, who are the more sinful people in this sitting? Not the tax collectors, but the Pharisees and the scribes. But his mission, our Lord, he came to seek and to save those who are lost. He came to both the elder son and the prodigal son. But unfortunately, the older elder son did not benefit from him. But the prodigal son benefited from him. Those who believe that they are in the sheepfold, they did not benefit from the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who realized that they are the lost sheep, they benefited from the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. St. Matthew in his Gospel, when he wrote this story, he mentioned another thing that Luke did not mention in his Gospel. That the Lord rebuked their arrogance and their merciless superiority by telling them, go and learn. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You can offer sacrifices as much as you can. But if you don't have a merciful heart, you will not be accepted. And all your sacrifices will not be accepted. It was the glory of our Lord that he came to heal the moral and spiritual sickness that overcame all people. And the Pharisees themselves were included in this if they had only been able to appreciate it and to accept the healing. So the Lord came even to the Pharisees. He came to his own, but his own did not accept him as St. John said in his gospel. So, when the Lord actually answered them wisely and they could not continue their argument, so now they start to look at another thing from spiritual perspective to condemn the Lord. So after the Lord answered them wisely why he is sitting among the scribes, uh, among the tax collectors and the publicans, and they couldn't know, they didn't know how to answer him back, then they asked a question about fasting. Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise those of Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. So now they want to discredit him. You are saying you are a physician, but John, John the Baptist, who is a great teacher, everybody in Judea and, and Israel admits that John the Baptist is a great teacher, a great prophet. So his disciples fasting, and the Pharisees also, his disciples are fasting. But why your disciples are not fasting? They are eating and drinking. The practice of fasting was seen as an expression of humility before God, of mourning, repentance, spiritual purification. So as if they are saying him, you are coming to call people to repentance, but why you are not teaching them to fast? So this was an effort by Pharisees to open a conflict between Jesus and John the Baptist. John the Baptist was 
admired by all the people. So, if they succeeded actually to create this conflict between Jesus and John the Baptist, then their goal to, to discredit the Lord Jesus Christ would be successful. We learn from the Gospel of St. Mark that who asked this question to the Lord Jesus Christ? The disciples of John the Baptist as well as the disciples of Pharisees. So the disciples of John the Baptist and the disciples of the Pharisees were united together in this occasion. Perhaps how the Lord conducted his life, his presence at feastings, his association with the publicans, his choice of one of them like Matthew to be one of his disciples, all these surprised and disturbed some of the followers of John the Baptist, because John was ascetic. So the Lord actually, to answer them, he gave them four illustrations. He told them, and he said to them, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? That's the first illustration. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. The second illustration. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also, the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. The third illustration. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins, or else the new wine will burst the wine skins and be spilled, and the wine skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skins, and both are preserved. And the last illustration, he told them, And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says, the old is better. So these are the four illustrations. First one, feasting and fasting. While the bridegroom is here, we cannot fast. Second illustration, new patch on old garment. Third illustration, new wine in old wine skins. Fourth illustration, drinking new wine after drinking old wine. So, the Lord, to answer the question of fasting, he used this for illustration. He started with analogy with which they would be familiar. The Jewish wedding ceremony. The Jewish wedding ceremony. Fasting and mourning would be absurd at a wedding. Wedding are feasting and joy. And also, John the Baptist testified about the Lord Jesus Christ and he said he is the bridegroom. He said, I am not the bridegroom. I am the friend of the bridegroom. So even John the Baptist testified about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the bridegroom. So there is celebration. There is feast. John the Baptist also said, then my joy is fulfilled. So this is a time of joy. Uh, as we read in John chapter 3, John the Baptist pointed to Jesus as the bridegroom, and he told them that coming of the bridegroom was the fulfilling of his joy. So this now is a rejoicing time, time of joy. Of course, the Lord did not reject the notion of fasting. 
And the church of the new covenant, our church, will practice fasting and prayer. He said to the disciples about the devil, this kind cannot come out by anything except by prayer and fasting. And he told them, when the bridegroom will be taken up to heaven, they will fast. So the Lord did not deny the concept of fasting. But he told them, this present time is not the time of fasting. But when the time comes, when he will be taken away, it will be the appropriate time to fast. And this actually verse about taken away is one of the earliest recorded public hint of his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension to heaven. Although it was vague, and many people did not understand what he meant when the bridegroom will be taken away. He said a similar thing to Nicodemus when he said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, when the Son of Man be lifted up. And we knew that after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, the disciples fasted. And we read in the book of Acts, many times people, the disciples were fasting, like in Acts chapter 13, in Acts chapter 20, many references. Also, St. John Chrysostom said, He is again establishing his argument by illustration from common life. And what he says is like this. The disciples have not yet become strong. They have not yet been renewed by the Spirit. And on persons in that state, one ought not to lay any burden of injunctions. These are the words of John Christo. So he said, I will teach the disciples gradually, step by step. The second illustration is about new patch on old garment. The third one, new wine in old wine skins. The fourth one, new wine and old wine. In these three illustrations, the meaning is very similar. And the point that the Lord Jesus Christ wanted to make, that we cannot fit his new life, his new covenant, into old forms. For example, patching up an old garment with a piece of new garment, not only disfigures the new garment, but also causes the old garment to be more red than ever. Because the new piece will shrink, then pulls the old worn out garment into pieces and will tear it into pieces. The same about the wine skins. The skins of animals were sewn together to make bags for wine. The strength of newly fermented wine cause the wine skin to expand. New skins have the capacity to expand. But if new wine is put into old wine skins that have expanded already to their limit, then the container will burst. So, in these parables, the comparison is about the incompatibility of the old with the new. So, all this illustration about the old covenant given to Moses in Sinai and the new covenant in Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ came to introduce new covenant, not to patch up the old with the new. And this is Salvation is all about this. The Lord did not destroy the old. 
but he fulfilled the old on our behalf and then he gave us his own righteousness as a gift. He came to wipe out what's old and to establish what's new. He came to crucify the old man and to grant us new and spiritual man. The fourth illustration is very important. He said, no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new. For he says, the old is better. Getting used to certain type of spirituality or righteousness, you will not give it up quickly. So the Lord Jesus Christ now identifies a problem with those who believe they are satisfied with the old wine, like the scribe and the Pharisees. They are satisfied with the righteousness that came from the law. That's why they were resisting the new righteousness, the righteousness of Christ that was offered to them. Because they believe the good, the old is good for them. They don't need this free righteousness of grace. So, this example stress the, willing, the unwillingness, the unwillingness of the Lord Jesus Christ to make the ceremonial fasts of the Old Testament a large feature of his new kingdom. That's why he did not fast any of these old fasts of the Old Covenant. Because he wanted to establish new wine skins. These are the disciples who would be able to receive the new teaching. And Jesus' understanding of the fact that many of John's disciples, many of the Pharisees' disciples, would prefer old ways of righteousness to the new methods of approaching the kingdom of heaven. So, Jesus would not, as soon as he had called his disciples out of the world, to put them on strictness and austerities of discipleship, lest they should be tempted and leave him. Even when God took the people outside Egypt, Israel came from the land of Egypt, he would not bring them by the way of Palestines lest they should regret when they saw war and returned to Egypt. So Christ wanted to train up his followers gradually to the discipline of his family, the new covenant. Because no man having drunk old wine will all of a sudden straight away desire new wine but he will say the old is better because he has been used to it. So the disciples will be tempted to think their old ways of living is better till they are by degree trained up to this new way, new covenant. So the warning is that those who refuse to embrace the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, his message of salvation, and his establishment of the kingdom of heaven, they closed their minds and hearts to his mission. They actually will miss the best that God can offer them, the righteousness of Christ, which actually is the foundation of the new covenant, that God promised us through Jeremiah 600 years before Christ. It is the new covenant promised by Jeremiah that God will provide the new wine of the Eucharist to nourish his people on their journey of salvation. This actually concludes chapter 5. In a few minutes, I like to give a summary in Arabic. Uh, 
بسرعة كده الجزء اللي احنا اخدناه في البايبل الصدر النهاردة عبارة عن نقطتين دعوة ماثيو متى واللي اسم تاني اسمه لاوي والجزء الثاني المناقشة اللي حصلت في بيت متى ما بين السيد المسيح وما بين الفريسيين فنعرف آية 27 يقول وبعد هذا خرج فنظر عشارا اسمه لاوي العشار ده دولت كانوا بيجمعوا الضرائب من الناس وكانت الدولة الرومانية بيجي واحد يروح يدفع للدولة الرومانية يقول لهم هي العشور بتاعت المدينة دي كان يقول المبلغ الفلاني سروح هو يدفع عشور المدينة كلها نظير كده كانت الدولة الرومانية تديره الحق انه يجمع من الناس اللي هو عايز يجمع هم خلاص خدوا الفلوس اللي عايزينها فممكن يجمع أضعاف اللي هو دفع ويدرهم حق يستخدموا العنف في جمع المال ده مش كده العشرين كانوا مكروهين جدا كانوا ناس متسلطين عنفاء طمعين فكانوا ناس ما يحبهمش أبدا فده واحد عشار اسمه لاوي كان قاعد في مكان الجباية مكان اللي هو بيجمع فيه الضرائب وبيجيبوا له الناس وبياخد منهم الضرائب فربنا قال له اتبعني ده دليل ان ربنا ما بينظرش حسب الظاهر ربنا نظر الى قلب لاوي اللي هو مكه وشاف انه من الظاهر هو انسان شرير طماع محب للمال قاسي لكن ربنا عارف من جواه قلبه كويس ولو ربنا دعاه هيقدم توبة ويترك كل شيء لكن احنا لو هنختار تلاميذ لنا في وقت سيد المسيح كنا هنختار من الفريسيين والكتبة والقادة الدينيين ربما لو واحد قال لنا لاوي ده ينفع يبقى واحد من الخدام كنا نقول لاوي ده ينفع ازاي ده ما ينفعش ابدا لكن الله ينظر الى القلب قال له اتبعني الحاجة العجيبة اللي عملها الإنسان الخاطئ العشار ده يلفترك كل شيء وقام وتبعه أكيد كان سمع على المسيح وعلاش كده لما جيل المسيح المعلم اللي سمعته انتشرت في كل المنطقة دي قال له بعني كانش بصدق نفسه بمعقول أنا الخاطئ اللي الناس كلها بتحتقرني اللي الناس كلها بتكرهني أنت بتقول لي اتبعني الكلمات دي كان لها تأثير جبار على قلب لاوي وعلشان كده اميديتلي ترك كل شيء ده قرار مش سهل ان راحت يترك كل شيء ويتبع ربنا ترك كل شيء واتبع ربنا لاوي كان عنده غيرة لأصدقاء فرح عمل ضيافة كبيرة في بيته ويقول والذين كانوا متكئين معهم كانوا جمعا كثيرا من عشرين وآخرين لما بقى كل أصحابه واللي خلينا برضو أقول لكم أنه كان عنده غيرة أنه يعرف الناس هو كتب إنجيله لليهود يعني حتى ما اكتفاش بالضيافة دي أن جاب الناس ويقابلوا المسيح إنما كتب إنجيله وفي كل الإنجيل بتاعه قعد يقنعهم بآيات من العهد القديم أن يسوع ده هو المسيح وبرضه الناس لما قال لهم يلا تعالوا نقعد ده يسوع جاي عند النهاردة وهم سمعوا على المعلم ده فكانوا مبسوطين أن هم هيقعدوا مع المعلم ده خصوصا ان العشرين دولت كانوا منبوزين من كل الناس ومكروهين فما كانوش برضو مصدقين ان المعلم الجديد ده اللي اسمه يسوع ده وافق انه يقعد معاها ويكلمهم ويتعشى معاها فجم باعداد كبيرة في بيت لاوي ولاوي ده باسمه متى ومتى معناها عطية الله 
وفعلا متى في الحقيقة هو عطية الله لأنه عن طريق إنجيله قدر يجيب ناس كثيرة من اليهود إلى المسيحية وأيضا هو كرز يعني حسب التقليد في بلاد الحبش مين بقى كان موجود مين دايما في ناس كده دايما يشوفوا كل حاجة سلبية ودايما ينتقدوا كل حاجة ماشين بحجارة في ايديهم عمالين يرموها على يسوع وتلاميذه اللي هم مين للأسف القادة الدينيين طوع إسرائيل الفرسيين والكتب يقول فتذمر كتبتهم والفرسيون على تلاميذ قائلين ما قدروش يواكل المسيح فابتدوا يوجهوا كلامهم لمين للتلاميذ لكن في نيتهم عايزين يقولوا لمين يقولوا لسيد المسيح يعني عايزين يقولوا له هو انت المعلم الصالح لا مش انت بس ما قدروش يوجهوه سيد المسيح كان لهم هذا فما قدروش يقف قصاده فراح كلمه التلاميذ وراح قالوا له لماذا تأكلون وتشربون مع عشرين وخطاء الفرسين ما كانوش يعودوا أبدا مع العشرين والخطاء ما كانوش يرحبوا بيهم بيعتبروا ده نجاسة بالنسبة لهم أن يعودوا مع العشرين والخطاء سيد المسيح فحص كلوب والكولا عارف بالحوار ده فرح رد ودافع عن التلاميذ وشرح لهم موقفه قال لهم بص يا جماعة لا يحتاج الأصحاء إلى طبيب بل المرضى هنا السيد المسيح مش بيعترف ان هم أصحاء لا عايز لهم انتوا في أعين أنفسكم بتقولوا ان انتوا أصحاء فانتوا مش حسين انكم محتاجين لي لكن المريض اللي شعر بمرضه هو ده اللي حاسس انه محتاج لي وانا جيت للمريض اللي شعر بمرضه لان التانيين رفضني برغم انا جاي ليهم برضه بس هم رفضني ازاي اقدر اعمل واحد او احاول ان اتعامل مع واحد هو رفضني عارفين زي في سفر الرؤية كنيسة لوتكية يقول لاني انا غني وقد استغنيت وليس لي حاجة بشيء وطارد المسيح بدين المسيح يقول أنا واقف على الباب وأقرع برا قالوا له برا مش عايزينك وده مجتمعنا الحالي مش عايزين ربنا الحاد ناس بتمشي حياتها بنفسها حسب رؤيتها دعك عنك, دع عنك هذا الإنجيل فهنا ربنا قال لهم أنتوا أصحاء مش كنتم الشعرين أنكم محتاجين لي لكن العشرين والخطاء دولت مرضى وأنا جيت عشان خطرهم لم آتي لأدعو أبرارا يعني لم آتي لأدعو أبرارا الناس اللي هي بتظن أن هم أبرار مش هيستفيدوا من مجيء اللي هيستفيد من مجيء هم اللي شعر المخاطي هو ده اللي هيستفيد من مجيء لم آتي لأدعو أبرارا بل خطاء إلى التوب في خدمة السيد المسيح أكتر ناس قوموه اللي كانوا شعرين أنهم أبرار وأكتر ناس استفادوا من خدمته اللي كانوا شعرين أنهم خطا عارف زي النهاردة نصف تلاقي مين أكتر ناس متعبة اللي هم مش شايفين ضعفاتهم يعني واحد مدمن مثل حاسس ما عندوش مشكلة طب ده هتعالجه ازاي إنما لو جئ لما عندي مشكلة المشكلة تحل تعرف تعالج المشكلة الحقيقية في حياة القداسة لما الإنسان يشعر إنه قديس ومش محتاج توبة وده تعرفوا ازاي تلاقيه عمال يدين كل الناس اللي حواليه زي الكتب والفرسين ماسك حجارة وعمال يرميها على الاخرين بدل ما يشوف خطايا 
ما عرفوش يجاوبوا المسيح جاوبوا اجابه مقنعه جدا فيعملوا ايه بقى هم عايزين ينقضوا تعليم المسيح قالوا طب نسال بقى في حاجه دينيه مش انت معلم صالح طيب احنا عندنا معلم دلوقتي اسمه يوحنا المعمدان كل الناس متفقه عليه انه ده فعلا من عند ربنا الكتب والفريسيين والخطاه والعشرين الكل بيشهد يوحنا المعمدان وانت تشهد له برضه وانت رحت اتعمدت منه ليه انت بقى ماشي ضد يوحنا المعمدان تلاميذ الفريسيين وتلاميذ يوحنا بيصوموا كتير انما انت ما بتصومش ولا تلاميذك بيصوم لماذا يصوم تلاميذ يوحنا كثيرا ويقدمون طلبات وكذلك تلاميذ الفريسيين ايضا اما تلاميذك فياكلون ويشربون دي احيانا تلاقي لما يكون واحد عايز يهاجم حد فيفشل فيروح يدور على حاجه ثانيه واخده الثياب الروحيه علشان يهاجم بيها فهم عملوا كده يعني التكنيك ده معروف من ايام الكتب والفريسيين فربنا علشان يجاوب على الحته دي استخدم اربع امثله بس قبل ما اقول الاربع امثله ربنا جاي زي ما ارميا قال عشان يبتدي عهد جديد يعني ايه يبتدي عهد جديد العهد القديم مبني على اعمال الانسان يعني في البدايه انت خاطئ وعندك شوط وصايا لو حافظت على الوصايا دي هتبقى بار ده العهد القديم احنا كلنا خطاه احفظ الوصايا دي تبقى بار هل في حد قدر يحفظ الوصايا ولا واحد عشان كده الجميع زاغوا وفسدوا وعاوزهم مجد الله ليس من يعمل صلاحا ليس روح فيبقى المعاهده الاولى فشلت انها تبرر الناس فربنا زي ما ارميا قال جه بقى بعهد جديد بمعاهده ثاني باتفاقيه جديد الاتفاقيه دي ان ربنا هياخد بشريتنا ويتمم كل بر الناموس بدلنا زي ما قال يوحنا المعمدان ينبغي ان نكمل كل بر وبعدين يديني البر ده عطيه مجانيه هاخد بر المسيح هاخده في المعموديه لما ندفن في ميه المعموديه مع المسيح واقوم انسان جديد يبقى انا خدت البر في المعاهده القديمه الستارتنج بوينت نقطه البدايه انك خاطي واعمل الوصايا عشان تحيا انما في العهد الجديد بعد المعموديه تستارتنج بوينت انت ايه انت بار والكنيسه بتشرحها بطريقه لطيفه يلبسوا المتعمد ده ثياب بيضاء انت بقيت بار بس البر ده انت واخده بدم المسيح فيحطوا له زنار احمر على هيئه صليب كده فهنا النقطه نقطه البدايه انت بار حافظ على الوصايا عشان تحافظ على برك ده ف طب ولو انا وقعت ازاي اقدر ابرر نفسي تاني قال لك مش هتقدر تبرر نفسك لكن تعال اقول انا غلطان انا وقعت في الخطيه سر التوبه والاعتراف وتعال خد من دم المسيح الموجود على المسبح دم يسوع المسيح طهرنا من كل خطيه تتبرر تاني وتفضل الثياب بيضاء زي في سفر الرؤيا لما شاف ناس ماشيه بثياب بيضاء قال مين هؤلاء الدولت اللي غسلوا ثيابهم في دم الخروف فدي العهد الجديد ده الفرق بين العهد القديم والعهد الجديد فربنا قال ما ينفعش ان انا الخبط الاثنين مع بعض انا جيت عشان اتمم العهد القديم اتمم بر الناموس وبعدين اديك البر ده كعطيه مجانيه وبعدين تبتدوا بقى الممارسات بتاعت العهد الجديد فسيد المسيح علشان يجاوبهم على حكايه ليه التلاميذ بتوع ما بيصوموش قال لهم اربع حاجات ثلاثه منهم بيشرح حكايه الجديد والقديم 
بس واحدة منهم لها علاقة بشهادة يوحنا المعمدان نفسه عن المسيح مش هم عايزين يوقعوا مع يوحنا التلميذ يوحنا بيصوم والتلميذ ما بيصوموش قال له هو يوحنا قال عني ايه قال عني ان انا العريس قال من له العروس فهو العريس وقال عن نفسه انه ده صديق العريس وقال اذا فرحي هذا قد كامل يبقى احنا في عرس دلوقتي يبقى احنا في وقت فرح طب انتوا عندكم في الافراح بتصوموا ما بتصوموش عشان كده قال لهم اتقدرون ان تجعلوا بان العرس يصومون ما دام العريس معهم ما ينفعش ولكن ستاتي ايام حين يرفع العريس ما فهموش يعني حين يرفع العريس عنهم لكن دي اشاره للصليب والقيامه والصعود فحينئذ يصومون في تلك الايام يعني اذا في صيام في العهد الجديد بس يختلف عن صيام العهد القديم صيام العهد القديم ده محاولة لتبرير الإنسان إنما صيام العهد الجديد ده حفاظ على البر اللي أنا أخذته من المسيح عطية مجانية أقمع جسدي وأستعبده لألا بعدما كرست لآخرين أصير أنا نفسي مرفوضا ده نوع من أنواع قمع الجسد فده التفسير الأولاني قالوا فإحنا في وقت عرس وفعلا التلاميذ بعد صعود المسيح صاموا تقرأ في سفر الأعمال أكثر من ريفرنس إن هم صاموا وبعدين بقى نشرح لهم حكاية الجديد والقديم قال لهم طيب لو أنت عندك جلبية قديمة صوب عتيق تجيب رقعة من صوب جديد وتحطها على العتيق مش هينفع لأن القطعة الجديدة دي هتشد العتيق فتجعل الخرق أرضا والعتيق لا توافق الرقعة التي من الجديد فالمسيح جاي مش عشان يعمل كده يحط جديد على قديم يحط العهد الجديد على العهد القديم يحافظ على الناموس والختان والتطهيرات وفي نفس الوقت يقولك لا ده المعمودية والأسرار هي اللي بتدين الحاجة الجديد ما ينفعش حط الاثنين مع بعض فقال لهم نفس الكلام الصلاة والصوم وكل الممارسات دي لازم تبتدي على العهد الجديد ما ينفعش ليس أحد يضع رقع من ثوب جديد على ثوب عتيق وإلا فالجديد يشكه والعتيق لا توافق الرقعة التي من الجديد المثال الثالث كان يجيب جلود الحيوانات ويعملوا منها الزقاق بتاع الخمر فالخمر الجديدة دي بتخلي الجلد يتمدد فلما يكون جلد جديد ممكن يتمدد لكن لو هو جلد قديم خلاص هو تمدد لنهايته ما يقدرش يتمدد من كده فتحط فيه الخمر الجديد يروح مفرع فقال لهم ليس أحد يجعل خمرا جديدا في زقاق عتيق لألا تشق الخمر الجديد الزقاق فهي تهرق والزقاق تتلق الخمر الجديد ده هو تعليم المسيح والزقاق هو احنا تلاميذ المسيح فلازم احنا نتجدد الاول بالمعموديه ولما نتجدد نبتدي نعيش الحياه الجديده مع المسيح اما او بل يجعلون خمرا جديده في زقاق جديده فتحفظ جميعا اخر ايه بقى ده اللي هو الالستريشن الرابع أو المثل الرابع قال لهم ولو واحد متعود يشرب العتيق هتجيب له جديد يقول لك اللي نعرفه أحسن من اللي ما نعرفوش ليس أحد إذا شرب العتيق يريد للوقت الجديد لأنه يقول العتيق أطيب أنا واخد على ده هي مشكلة الكتب والفرسيين كتب والفرسيين كانوا يؤمنوا أن بر النموز ده أحسن لهم ما عندهمش الإيمان الكافي إن هم يثقوا في البر اللي هيعطيهم المسيح عشان كده رفضوا بر المسيح وما زالوا لغاية النهاردة إسرائيل بتحاول إنها تتبرر بأعمالها ورفضين بر المسيح العطية المجانية لأنه بيقولوا العطيق أطيب وده إحنا برضو في حياتنا أحيانا مش عايزين نتجدد بفكر المسيح 
وتلاقي الواحد ماشي برضو باسلوبه القديم التوبه مفروض يكون فيها تغيير زي ما بولس الرسول يقول تغيروا عن شكلكم بتجديد اذهانكم يبقى عندنا فكر المسيح ده الفكر الجديد اما نحن فلانا فكر المسيح لكن ناس كتير بتقول العتيق اطيب فهنا ربنا قال لهم انا لو هجل التلاميذ فجاه واقول لهم بصوا هو ده العهد الجديد هو ده الطريقه اللي تمشوا بيها هيبقى صعب فانا بنقلهم جرادولي بنقلهم سنه سنه لغايه لما ياخدوا جده الحياه وبعد كده احط الخمر الجديده فهم هيتذوقوا حلاوه الخمر الجديده ومش هيقولوا العتيق اطيب فهنا سيد المسيح رد عليهم باربع الاستريشن العريس الرقعه الجديده والثياب القديمه الزقاق وايضا الخمر القديم والخمر العتيق ده ينهي البايبل الصد النهارده بتاعتنا لالهنا المجد الدائم الى الابد امين